0: And welcome to the Totally Scottish Football Show in association with Paddy Power. Happy Friday to you, the results are in, and it's good news for the Blues. I know that's going to upset a few of you out there, but all things considered, Rangers reaching the last 32 of the Europa League is probably a good thing for Scottish football. Hurts have a manager An actual manager Totally Towers titan Rafa Honigstein Will be giving us the lowdown on Daniel Stendel. Is there a crisis at Hamilton? They're 11th They're supposed to be 10th Dundee United might have the championship sewn up But there's title races all over the place in Scotland East Pfeiffer and podcaster Danny Denham is back to run the rule over League One I'm Andrew Slaven, and joining me, a man who doesn't play by the rules, it's not Willie Collum, it's JJ Bull from The Telegraph. Hello to you. I'm giving it energy. I like it. Thanks. And joining us today, a former regular on this podcast, from the Motherwell media team, she's promised to tell us every player that's moving in and out of Fur Park this January. It's Laura Brannan. Welcome back, Laura. We mentioned David Turnbull last week, and then you text me in the week going, why the hell are you talking about David Turnbull? But he was in the press anyway. So we were good to talk about him. What's this story and situation with him? Because it looks like he's on the road back.
1: Yeah, so last week, yeah, I texted you to pull you up for your coming back in January comment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shouting, I'm shouting on my phone going, where, where did you get that from? Um, and pals. then we realised, yes, he's not actually spoken since the summer and you guys outside of Motherwell don't really have any sort of idea of what's going on. So we thought, right, we'll talk to him. We'll put him in front of a camera. And give you a wee bit of an update And to be honest We're not putting a, a deadline on it He's not putting deadlines on it The medical staff aren't either But things are all going well He's making good progress And he's now on the anti-gravity treadmill So he's starting that to That sounds his- so Whoa. cool
0: <laughs> tell me about anti-gravity screw, screw David Turnbull Talk to me about anti-gravity yes. new podcast. Images, He flies Wow Muddle's <laughs> budget must be incredible <laughs> <laughs> A new training kind of guy <laughs> anti-gravity treadmill tell me
1: yeah so have you been on it I've, I've not no not personally but it's it's just a way of um making you lighter when you're running so he's not putting all his full pressure on his his knee which no. he was operated on um and it just means that because of the air around him there's less kind of contact there if you know what I
0: mean I've seen these things before because you see yeah. like American footballs like they'll run in water and stuff like that yeah. as well it's yeah. preparing So preparing him for his next journey into space <laughs> <laughs>
1: so that's that's the kind of latest just now he's on that um, and then I think after that it'll be kind of Hopefully, get him well, obviously running normally on a treadmill, and then it'll be kind of hopefully onto grass, and it's just kind of then kicking a ball about. So there's still a lot of kind of landmarks for yeah, him to get yeah. to. Quite to well, make. it sounds like. It's, it's, yeah, we're, it's definitely not January anyway, so that was we kind of getting ahead of ourselves there. But he's making very good progress, and hopefully, hopefully, we'll see him kicking him off before the season's over.
0: Well, yeah, he was a great player last season, wasn't he? For Motherwell, and then it was a an odd thing that was just spotted in his knee that I'm required so unlucky, surgery. So, so but um, Motherwell have done quite well with. But uh, let's talk about Scotland because you're here, uh, Laura, I was going to call you Russia because (laughs) Russia have been banned from major sporting competition for the next four years after a doping violation. Um, But such is Scotland's luck, we will not benefit from this. We finished third in our Euro 2020 qualifying group behind Russia, but WADA, great name, but it does mean the World Anti-Doping Agency, don't regard the Euros as a global sporting event so the Russians aren't banned from it. And to quote old firm facts, only Scotland could pull off glorious failure from another country's doping scandal. I mean, honestly, this like, a what, a, what a kick in the boys that is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got excited as soon as I saw it, and then I instantly checked out what, what, what the deal was and spotted that we wouldn't stand a chance. But, Laura, were you crying again?
1: I, I kind of did feel this was coming because I had read somewhere that WADA did not count the Euros as one of these global events, yeah. which is nonsense. I assume it's because... Because it's UEFA. It's, I assume it's, it's because UEFA. it's, it's European, European countries only, not across the world. But... Do I'm more annoyed about the fact that the SFA aren't doing more about this, are not up in arms, because okay, so Watters not banning Russia, but then why are the SFA not going to UEFA to go, guys, you've got the power, you could be kicking yeah. up fuss here.
2: Also, why don't why aren't the Scottish FA pumping our players full of drugs so they're way faster? <laughs> Did you really
1: get away with it? <laughs> Gordon
2: Strachan was on about needing to um, procreate with uh, with larger uh, people so that we can produce bigger <laughs> players. Just how full fully whatever the Russians are on, they'll be amazing. I mean, even if it doesn't matter, well, it turns out it
0: doesn't I care. I won't jump in with you two on this. I mean, ultimately Scotland didn't qualify because they just weren't good enough. That's yes, what it's. That's, that's what it's down, down to. I'm
1: just annoyed. That even <laughs> if the SFA weren't going to get anywhere with it, it would just be nice to see them kicking up a bit of fuss and going, "We're going to defend ourselves here. We had cheats in our group. Yeah, so sure, of course. You need to do something about
2: it. I but if it was if it was a big team like I don't know Italy
0: or. France or England or something, something might happen but it's just, oh it's them, it's fine Just to bring more bad news to this it's a really positive start to this podcast Kieran Tierney dislocated his shoulder for Arsenal Um, he could be out for a wee while we had him right back in our team for the playoffs um, when we had our Favourite team Well,
2: maybe that's actually a good thing Because it means that the balance won't be interrupted By putting a left back somewhere you shouldn't go Like right back, like we were talking about Yeah,
0: I did mention that Um, We've also
1: got used to him not playing recently Considering how many times he's mysteriously
0: not been in the squad 14 months He's not played for Scotland for 14 months So thank God Andy Robertson's still fit And he loves Christmas Have you seen this?
3: Yeah,
2: but Santa Claus in court
4: It's like
3: Yeah, but he's the real Santa
4: and it just depends what you want to go. Do you want to go for explosives or do you want to go Santa in court? One of two.
5: I mean, you can't not say that's not a Christmas film. He uses Christmas wrapping paper, sticky tape to type the gun to his back. Right, OK, but I'm just quoting what you said, we need more Santa's not even in Die Hard.
0: He's Scotland captain and he's debating with uh, James Milner
4: oh, you- about
0: what, what's a more Christmassy movie or what your favourite Christmas movies are. And James Milner says Die Hard. Which I tend to agree with. That is a Christmas movie it is, yeah. in my eyes. Um, but uh, I think all you need is snow to make it a Christmas. Andy Robertson movie. basically says "Miracle on 34th Street" because it's actually Santa <laughs> and his and his his eyes just light up. But it's actually Santa. <laughs> it's it's really sweet. Actually, did you see my tweet? captain.
1: <laughs> I feel a little part of me died when I found out Andy Robertson does not like Die Hard and does not consider it a Christmas movie because I thought. To me, Andy Robertson's perfect and Die Hard is perfect. And now the two of them <laughs> together. And I feel like my Christmas
4: is just ruined now. It's a really weird Venn diagram. You're listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show in association with Paddy Power.
5: On for Gets the break of the ball.
0: We've just been watching Thursday Night's action. Sometimes the approach was a bit conservative They laboured at times But Rangers are through to the last 32 of the Europa League After drawing 1-1 with young boys at Ibrox No exit from Europe for them Terrible finish to the game though for Rangers Conceding a late equaliser to a Borna Barasic own goal Ryan Jack mindlessly gets sent off in stoppage time For a second yellow card But the fact remains they got the job done guys
2: I wouldn't say it was mindless he got sent off He's just trying to stop the counter so they weren't getting done. I think one of the things we were saying watching the game is that they maybe dropped back too early about 65 minutes. I reckon they
0: dropped. We, we spotted that earlier because and, and, we discussed it between ourselves. Because Rangers were excellent, right? Rangers were absolutely excellent in this game, but you can't keep going at that pace and at that level for a full 90 minutes. So it wasn't a bad idea to drop in and just soak up a bit of pressure.
2: No, I think as well that uh, they suffer with kind of. I think they suffer with nerves a little bit in big games, Rangers. You can see it in um, like maybe one of the reasons they didn't get over the line against Celtics because they didn't keep composure in front of goal. They weren't placing shots where normally they might have done other times. And Fraser Forster had a great game in that game, well, but yeah, I, know, I know what you're saying. But you know what I'm saying, right? And then tonight I thought they were really decent, but the drop back and it was always going to encourage a bit too much uh, pressure and then I think especially on the right you had Arboz looked really tired towards the end yeah. and he wasn't closing down the boys in the left and their left back had a, had a wand of a left foot and he was hitting early crosses in which was troublesome but because he wasn't then able to get back and well, he was back the whole time there's was problem he wasn't closing him down as quick and that was uh, a thing but yeah through like that, I mean that's really impressive from Gerrard Taking it mean, absolutely, like in context, right? They've put a lot of money into that team, but he's signed not like superstars. He's signed players that would help him make a team, and uh, and I think it really shouldn't be underestimated how well he's done to get them through to the knockouts.
0: Well, you think about when where Rangers have come under Steven Gerrard, they are consistently challenging Celtic at the top, and now they have for a, their first time in a long time qualifying for European football after Christmas.
1: Yes, it's massive for Rangers. It's, it's obviously cliche, but it's good for Scottish football as well. It's great well. for the coefficient. But yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> there's progress here. Um, there's many, many positives to take for it. But there's also got to be a frustration that also reflects just how far Rangers have come, but also show how far they've still got to go as well. Because that's two games in a row now where the last kind of 20 minutes, half hour has been squeaky bum time. <laughs> and it's like when oh, the opposition race. get a goal, it's like... Plan B. There's no plan B. Everything just goes out the window. Rangers panic. It's one-dimensional football. And it's like, where do we go? What do we do? And everyone just suddenly shuts down, and you're holding on to the what end. What do you mean the but plan B, though? There's the, no plan B. But, but I don't know but I don't on, think on, this plan B thing.
0: No, on, hold no. On, hold no, no. On, hold I've got on, to call us hold out. On, hold on, you can't so have plan. I would say I would say, for the first hour of the game, Rangers were superb. Controlled the game. Look, young boys had very, very minimal. A few, A few crosses into the box and headers over the bar. From sixty minutes, sixty-five minutes, Rangers then just went a bit deeper. They had a kind of mid-level block, and that's your plan B. You know what I mean? That's kind of go, that's your second plan. It's not necessarily a plan B, but it's very difficult then to go back to your A game, back to your. You don't a. have the energy left
2: because yeah. you've been pressing. That's the whole point. You drop so in. So you're, t- you're tired. It's, so it's a lot B, harder. So when you approach a game, you have a game plan. So you say, "This happens. This happens. This happens. This happens," and your team's ready for it. And you go. I think I know what you mean but then the thing with plan B what I think that means is that teams just stick if they're losing 2-0 they just stick a big lad up front and then hump it to that That's-
1: that's very blinkered, though. That's that's like blinker Scottish football. Like no, not at all. Of, I'm, I'm talking about all levels. Of let's play long. Let's play the long ball. Let's hoof it up there. But Laura,
2: what do you what do you mean when you say they should have had a plan B tonight?
1: Because they've got to look at it and go right. We've got say 20 minutes left to go. We're exhausted. They've changed their shape. They're winning. They're back into it again. How do we change our shape to counter? But that's that? what they did. That's why
2: they dropped the, So they had a deeper line of engagement. So rather than pushing high at the pitch that they were at the start of the game. They drop back so they can manage the game better in their own half, and it allows them because they know that young boys are going to come on to them. They know that they can sit back, absorb the attack, and then they can counter them. And they've got Morrellis at the top of the pitch. So, you so can you're saying
1: plan B is to go defensive?
2: I do I think plan B is uh, is pundit kind of not meaning you know, as you're saying that, it, but it's like kind of like pundit jargon. Whereas you just it's part of the plan of the game is how you manage it. So the plan is that they have managed the game to this point, and they go right. We don't have the energy to press high and it's going to leave gaps if we do because you can't do it as effectively. So if you then drop in a little
0: bit, you can play on the counter and hit them and get a second goal. So did Rangers actually have the opportunity to change the game? I totally agree with you, JJ, about when you don't have the energy levels, it's not necessarily a plan B but you move to another game plan where you soak up the pressure and you buy yourself a little bit of time to change it but i don't think Gerard really changed it because who came on Shea yojo came on for Ryan Kent and that was it i think you, you could have you had earlier. you had John Flanagan on um who could have came on for Tavenir because he looked like he was pulling his hamstring a little bit, I mean I know that's not his position um, but Andrew, Halliday Brandon Barker and Greg Stewart not really players that you can go in and say these are going to be changing the game for us, or am I wrong?
2: No, the, the, I don't think the quality in the bench really, I thought he should have taken off Arebo when he was tiring because you wanted to have coverage in the wide areas to get to the man on the ball to cross it first because that was where danger was coming from the crosses however, I will say is that the only reason that young boys scored is because the ball got put in the box again and Barasic slid in kind of nervously. And that's what comes back to the nerves, I think, is they just haven't seen themselves out of these big situations enough yet to be confident about it. And that takes time in a team. And that's something that I think Jeddar's doing really well to manage. Gerard's has thrown away leads before. Sure. <laughs> like when he was a player at Liverpool they th- they lost that big big lead in the in the league not big lead in the league. But you know, these are things that are hard to put into players, even the very best players. At Gerard goes through it, so and it'll take time to build it
0: In the players. Uh, Rangers fans listening to this might think we're being quite pessimistic and quite down upon what Rangers have done, but the fact of the matter is, it's a disappointing moment in the sense that for most of the game Rangers were excellent and they should have won the game. It's not hard for us to be positive. So I'm going to move us to be a bit more positive and to be positive about Alfredo Morellas, who's been excellent this season, he got the goal in this game um, and kind of put his cup final nightmare at in behind him. And it looked like he kind of made a nice gesture to the fans, almost an apology for last Sunday. Oh. <laughs> that, that's all you have to I say. Feel like he, he finished I, it well, it was a good I finish. I feel it's like, like...
1: Morellas can do no wrong to Rangers fans. He had an absolute howler on Sunday in the cup final. The Penalty was just atrocious. But at the same time, tonight, right away, they're obviously singing his, his song, he's singing his, his name. Because and, and yes, and it's almost like they just lap it up. And as soon as he apologises, of course, it's, it's Alfie. We'll, we accept your apology. We love you to bits. And I, I don't know if I'm saying that in a negative way, though. Um, it's, it's good to have a player that the fans absolutely adore in that sense. He's very lucky in that sense, because if that was maybe a different club, they'd be on his back. And for really? what he did at the cup final, some fans, some set of fans would not would oh, not forgive you for that. Be
2: super harsh, though. I mean, I, he just had a, like he just missed a few chances, and and I think a lot of strikers do that. They're just not. None of his chances were really easy to score. I mm. think it was the one thing. Like he made a lot of them. Like the ones that were at an angle were really hard. Like you can you say well oh I would have lifted there I would have put it higher, but at the time you haven't got enough time to react to it and do it. And like the finish one v one with uh, the keeper on Thursday night tonight we're recording. Those look easy, but they're really easy to miss them by putting them straight into the keeper. And he keeps composure there. He's such a good player. And, I, I really I do like defense, him. And
1: in the defence, the penalty should have been retaken because Fraser Forster was so far off his line.
2: I've also seen uh, screen grabs of his
0: foot being exactly on the line. Oh, so <laughs> uh, well. I don't well, know. That's, yeah. Yeah, but that's, you've that's also enough. It got missed anyway. It's that's, done. A, that's another conversation. It's done. Look, uh, we should look ahead to this weekend because. Rangers will be hosting Motherwell. No, sorry, they'll be travelling. Uh, travelling <laughs> to Motherwell. Um, Laura will aside, be there. side that have won three on the bounce. Laura, you will be there.
1: I will be there. It's all positive just now at Fur Park. Uh, we spoke to Mark Gillespie, the goalkeeper, of the other day, and he said this is one of the most positive times that he's experienced at the club. All spirits are high.
2: Must be fun having like training where you're doing nice uh, attacking work rather than setting up to shell the ball all the time. I bet that must be much better on the pitch.
1: (laughs) It's just nice to have that atmosphere around the club where things are positive, where they're looking at the table and calculating. I mean, obviously the club have said right from the start of the season the first priority is survival. And it's almost at the sense now where, come the winter break, we could have enough points that could almost essentially secure survival. And to have that at such an early stage is massive. And then the next aim would be obviously to look at top six. And then after that, I mean... It's no secret Every, the players have been saying it in press conferences they're dreaming of Europe already and mm-hmm, just to mm-hmm, have that mm-hmm. hanging over you it's, it's a good thing to have it could be so much worse Were Mark, you at the we got the Hearts game? Yes
2: Did you where were you when that goal that Alan Campbell scored was in?
1: So I was about 20, Which was disallowed? Yes
2: that's was, the one we're going to get to
1: yeah. I was about 25 yards from and the 25 yard line into the goal that he was shooting into Yeah. and from my angle I mean I was quite low down at pitch level but even at that angle you could see right away like what? What's going on? Why? Why is that possibly being being ruled off? And then as soon as you're seeing different angles and different replays, I mean, the referee got it so wrong. It was as wrong as Celtic's goal in the Cup Final.
2: Do you not fancy like showing your phone with a replay or the the goal or something?
1: It's tempting, but where where is my phone footage going to get us?
0: We know Motherwell have got goals in them. Let me ask you this: Will there be a European hangover for Rangers? <laughs>
1: I mean, I can, I can talk very biased here. It's great. I can get away with it. I'm I was hoping. Are you going to be hung over? I, I was hoping for a few, you know, injuries, short-term injuries, nothing serious. A few knocks, you know, keep some Rangers players out of the game. They look pretty shagged uh, at the
2: end, a lot of the players. Yeah. Like, was lying was back at the end.
1: And I welcome it. Mulwell played Rangers at Ibrox Ready this season. Played Rangers very close in that game as well. Got a few goals against Celtic over the course of the two fixtures this season as well. So we've kept it close. We've kept it tight. And I don't want to... Or anything, but there's, no one's going to dread dreading the game and no one's really going to it with the attitude of we have to just keep the goals down which I think is a good, a good kind of atmosphere and good attitude to go into it with
4: I'm José Mourinho I know a thing or two about being special football pundits who actually understand management special winning the daily jackpot on Paddy Power Games not special
2: Understood, Jose. Yes, someone wins an average £40,000 jackpot every single day. So if you win, don't think you're special. Daily Jackpots by Paddy Power Games. Jackpots must be awarded by 11pm and vary from day to day. Jackpot is shared with other operators. Available on selected games. T and C's at paddypower.com. 18plusbgumballaware.org.
4: On Spotify, smart speaker and podcast platforms everywhere, this is the Totally Scottish Football Show from Muddy Knees Media.
0: More than five weeks after Craig Levine left his post, Hearts announced German Daniel Stendel as their new manager last Saturday. We're joined now by Rafa Honigstein from the Totally Football Show European Edition. Rafa, Hearts fans know about what Stendel did at Barnsley, getting them promoted from League One. How would you assess the job he did at Hanover?
5: He did a really good job. He was very, very unlucky that he had an impatient club boss who when they had a bit of a wobble in that season, uh, lost his nerve, basically, and, and fired him. I think they would have been promoted if he'd been given the time to to see out the campaign. Because of that, I think he'd had a slightly harder time, I think, finding jobs than otherwise would have happened. But I think he's shown enough at Hannover to suggest that he's the sort of guy that can really motivate people, I had a very clear... Uh, playing philosophy, which is very much based on pressing and being aggressive, and uh, an all round, pretty charismatic and nice figure.
2: What can you tell us about Stendel, the player? He was a striker at Hanover and Hamburg.
5: I mean, he wasn't the sort of guy that uh, I think would necessarily be considered a club icon at any of these places. Slightly journeyman in his characteristics, uh, very decent. Bundesliga player, but nowhere near sort of the uh, the national team or uh, getting in conversation as far as all-time greats is concerned. And I think he surprised many just how well he did when he was given the job at Hanover. Um, and then, as I said before, I think he was very, very unlucky not having been afforded a bit more time to see this through. Uh, otherwise, think thing would be talking about him in very different terms and. Uh, he'd be seen as, as a real prodigy, uh, as it is. I think he's also trying to, uh, certainly in Germany, convince people that he's uh, the real deal as far as his managerial career is concerned.
1: So there's that cliche about former defenders that when they become managers, they must know how to organise a defence. But as a striker, does Stendel go for, what, like an attacking brand of football?
4: Probably,
5: yes, but I think it really varies. Um, you have to look at the, the managers he was playing under Hannover in those days were a team that were often batting against relegation. So I think their na- natural instinct was to play probably more uh, defensive football. This was different under Vragnik, who had some success there. And he was the guy that uh, brought through uh, Per Mertesacker as a player at the time. And then Eva Linen took off and saved them from relegation. But there were never a team um, in those days who could sort of sustain a specific identity of football because the turnover was always too big as far as the managers was concerned.
0: Is there an interest in Germany then with people keeping an eye on the Scottish Premiership to see how he does?
5: Yeah, to a certain extent. I think it's probably more the local press from Hanover who who would follow him. They sent a few people over to to Barnsley to keep track of him when he was there. But of course uh, every time a German manager does well abroad, there is a a sense of pride and then people do get very interested. So um, I guess the answer would be how successful he, he would be if he will show that um, he can find success and uh, find steady progress and people will become very excited and uh, will pay a lot more attention to the Scottish League uh, as they have been probably since the, the mid-90s when we last saw a few German players in the top flight there.
0: Daniel Stendhal's first game in charge. Hearts are at home to the bottom club, St Johnston. Looks ideal for your first game in charge, guys. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've... I've only really seen St. Johnston when Motherwell played them, but going by those performances, they're not the most challenging team in the league right now, to put it nicely. Um, so Motherwell beat them obviously 4-0 at home just last week. And there was just there was no threat from them at all. It was one of these just really comfortable games where it didn't really feel like anything was coming from them. Ironically, that was also the feeling I got watching Hearts play mm-hmm. at Fur Park as well. But you think just the general atmosphere, everyone getting lifted from the new manager coming in, Keen to impress um, Just a whole good, happy vibe around the place That that is the type of club That you would want to take on In your mm-hmm, first game As mm-hmm. opposed to someone like Celtic and
0: Rangers You want to have you know, your players on the pitch And they show some passion He seems like he's a manager That wants to try and tap into that element of, of football For the fans and for the players Have passion Have it obvious to see on the pitch Can he do that? Have you seen this video, JJ Of, of when he walks in to meet the players? Uh, and it's there's a few players that don't really kind of,
2: yeah, I've not well, the thing is you're not in the room, so you don't know exactly how it's gone down, absolutely, but not. it looks like he comes in and then a few players just sit and shake his hand, and then I think it's Michael Smith stands up and shows him the respect you meant to show a coach when he walks in, and then everyone stands up and realizes that this is the new boss, but he's smiling throughout, he doesn't have anything about it. I wonder if you'll remember I'll remember those guys. It's maybe the kind of attitude you don't want in, the, in some of your players, but that's one of the problems with Hearts. They've had it's just not quite been there. He's always plays a four-two-three-one. That's what he always plays, but he likes that the high press. And I wonder if Hearts have got the players that can do that straight away. It'll take time for that to work. That like you got to work in the training ground to make it happen. So you might see a different Hearts
0: after the. Uh, the January break. Mm-hmm. That might be where they really but does he need players for that? Do do Hearts have the Don't the, know, maybe he's a great the, coach the, the and you'll turn him around. But but then you'd have to have structure, but you also need to have pace to have the and press Such Hearts, a good word.
1: Hearts <laughs> do have good players just now. Yeah. Um I would be surprised if they went into the January transfer window and just changed the entire squad because they do have good players and I think Christoph Berra mentioned this in an interview last week was That they've got good players They just aren't working together And Mm -hmm. that kind of sums it up Because on paper You'd look at that and go Yeah, of course Hearts Should be be up there Challenging It's just It's not clicked on the pitch And I think He should be Coming in to look at What the problem is there Rather than just going Right, get out But he's got got to find He's got
0: to find the problem quickly Because it's only two wins For them this season You know If results go against them um, they could be bottom of the table At five o'clock on Saturday
2: Well that's it I agree that it's about It's a lot about getting the um, These players feeling confident again And one of the good things About playing St Johnston Is that they are probably Low to none on confidence so hearts can go right into it with this new manager bounce in there. I'm really interested to see how he sets his team up, especially the, talking about the press. If he does want to press high and get put, they get the team nice and compact, like they would get the back line to push up, so the striker and the defenders are quite close together. That's what you want if you're pressed and ever moving as one unit. You think you've got Stephen Naismith. He's going to be great at that first line. He'll probably play through the middle because he'll be the first line. Mm-hmm. Connor Washington's got a lot of pace about him. And he's still injured though, isn't he? As I think so, know. yeah. Um, Ike you can probably turn him into someone you can press in the front. You could have him and Naismith doing that. But the problem is be further back and what they've got there. I mean, Sean Clare can run a bit. Uh,
0: Peter Haring when he comes back maybe Jake Mulraney I think is um, suspended for the first game well, for telling that's... the referee to oh. <laughs> yeah I saw that I saw that but you know yeah. he's someone who does have pace and he can show a bit of brilliance as well yeah it's just about getting them organised and letting them making sure they all
2: work for the for for, the, for each other like making sure they're blocking like, you see the difference in Hibbs already with Jack Ross that there's players who would let a man go by them who are now going straight in to close the people from crossing down on the, on the side and uh, making sure that it's not like being hardy in the middle, it's just getting tighter to people quicker. Mm-hmm. And the team is not so spaced from front to back, so there's less space in between the lines for them to, to squeeze. And then he can, you know, it's about having people in the right positions. You can read the game as well as you want, but if you're 15 yards away from your midfield partner, there's nothing you can really do to stop it. You need yeah. them be, to be next to you. And that's all about spacing and
0: how they work on that on the training ground. I mean, when you think about St Johnston going into this game, how do they prepare for that? They obviously want to try and take advantage of this kind of vulnerability that Hearts have. St Johnston, second worst defence in the league as well, like, they've got their own problems.
1: There is a, also kind of a psychology to what we were saying earlier of St. Johnson Plain Hearts. It's away from home, which is already a daunting place to go to Town Castle, but there's going to be a good atmosphere, which is not what Towncastle has had so far this season. And I mean, I, I take it back to mother Motherwell played Hibs a couple of weeks ago. It was Jack Rossi's first game in charge. And there was a psychology to that because it was a home game for Hibs at Easter Road. So the, the atmosphere was instantly better. Um, so I think it'll be a similar sort of idea in that sense. Everyone's just going to be up. St Johnson, where where do you go with that? Because last weekend, from Motherwell's perspective, we were hoping that Stendhal wouldn't be in charge mm-hmm. because we knew the atmosphere was going to be better. We knew it was going to raise spirits. So, I mean, it's St Johnson's turn this weekend. They're going to have to really work on these boys now because they won't have Central's team to analyse as well, going into mm-hmm, this one. Mm-hmm. So they won't have anything to base it on. They'll have looked at what Austin McPhee was doing, but things could be completely different. So how do you prepare for this one from St. John's perspective?
2: We should mention before we move on about Austin McPhee as well. Anne Budge has now put him, and Craig Levine, joint in charge as joint sporting directors, co-managers to... Uh, to Use the US office term,
0: yes, but at the same time, we always knew that Levine was going to be there until the end of the season anyway, yeah. And it seems like maybe it's, you I know, think Budge maybe really they just...
2: McPhee so highly, she doesn't want to lose that talent because he'll go somewhere else. It's not, but... it's
0: not, she rates him because of the relationships that I think he has with certain clubs, like in particular Manchester City, where they've ended up getting this Raiaturo Machino guy from. Um, so I think she wants to have him I'm As sure a link a more between that, some teams but yeah. yeah absolutely Because he's been around the world Austin McPhee He's coached In all different countries Yeah he's a bit of a yeah. He's been on the tour of yeah, Vietnam The gap a coach <laughs> Austin McPhee
4: He looks it as well This is the Totally Scottish Football Show With Andrew Slaven And JJ Bull
0: Having retained the Bedford Cup last Sunday, Celtic get back to the business of trying to retain their Premiership title as they host Hibs this Sunday. Hibs will have to find a way past Fraser Forster. Signing of the season so far, Forster had a stunning game on Sunday. Stunning.
1: He was outstanding, wasn't he? You look at that and you think, how are you not even England's number one? I think he even was, now the, he was the
0: only Celtic player who really played that day.
1: He was completely the difference I would quite confidently say If he wasn't playing on Sunday Celtic would not have been Walking away with that that trophy If
0: Scott Bain was in goal for Celtic Celtic would have lost that trophy Uh,
1: Yes Because Fraser Forster was Completely the difference Between the two teams Mm -hmm. In every way possible He was absolutely outstanding He's picked up exactly where he left off When he left Celtic originally um, And he's been absolutely fantastic for them What What a signing for them
0: It is a bit of a surprise Because he was third choice At Southampton I, I, I'm why is, surprised. Why is he so, so
1: underrated down there? I just I don't understand how he's... He had a real is... drop
0: in form, and uh, I think he made a couple of clangers. Yeah, he did.
2: And he did. Then just went down the the pecking order at Southampton, and they signed I uh, think Angus Gunn. From Man City Who they wanted to find, they fancied playing him And there's another Keeper as well They've got Who I can't remember The name of Who's been getting Alex Game time McCarthy. as well Alex McCarthy That's the one Who's been playing as well So he's just fallen down the roster And I think Maybe Forster needed To be playing To keep his level up That's when he had his rise To Southampton obviously scouted him Off the back He was playing at Celtic And maybe they don't See in training How good he is like, In an actual game Some players are better In, in real
0: games Than they are in training Look, Celtic uh, uh, have lost 2-0 um, To Cluj On Thursday They were woeful on Sunday. I mean, how Celtic won that game, I have no idea. Well, we do have an idea. It's because of Fraser Forster. Um, Celtic fans will be rightly celebrating. But how bad was that performance, guys? It was, I mean... And that has to be a good (laughs) thing for Hibs. I could almost see it coming
1: because an hour gone, I'm sitting there thinking, "This this has got Celtic written all over it because this is what they do. When they play so badly, they're still able to ramp it up and get out of second gear, or third gear, whatever gear you want to call it, he, they still have the ability to turn games around, mm-hmm. even if it's the last kick of the ball. How many times have you seen it over they the did course of this treble-treble?
0: They did have a bit of help from uh, of the course, linesmen as well. Of course. <laughs> if, I say. mean,
1: you, as a, from a Rangers perspective, you couldn't have had more frustration watching that game because it wasn't the case of one thing threw it away for Rangers. It was a combination of poor refereeing, a, a completely... A, Poor penalty Mm -hmm. um, should have been retaken as well. So again, that goes under poor refereeing. Celtics' performance, Rangers' performance, everything just all came together to just... Go in Celtic's favour mm-hmm. In incredible circumstances And it's one of these games that will go down probably as a classic Just because of the circumstances of how it all came about On paper, mm-hmm. you think that's that's terrible But wow, what a game
0: We'll talk about Hibbs in just a second But, you know, Edouard didn't start in that game Griffiths started on um, Thursday night against Cluj But hasn't really offered much Does Celtic have to go out and get another striker? Or can they cope with three at the moment Even though Isuf Bio is injured
2: well you can't put the pressure on Lee Griffiths to come back Because he's recovering from something that's really serious And like, If it's a mental illness Then it's not just something that you can just be like Oh he's back now It's not like you a match fit You've got to be really careful And let him come into it when he's ready And when he is You've got um, one of well, Scotland's probably best striker there If he's the same player as it was before But he started Edward... on Thursday yeah but that doesn't you can play him in those sorts of games but you don't want to give him every single week like maybe he's getting back to match fitness it takes a long time after how long he was out Edward's uh, a brilliant player and I mean he could even be away in January because there'll be loads of teams after him like you could see the difference between Celtic without Edward and without when he came on in the game Celtic have the money to buy or loan a forward in January if they can I'd imagine they probably find someone to loan because they don't want to block the path to the first team of of Griffiths. Edward's first choice every single time. That's definitely going to be him. But, I mean, they've got money coming in from the Europa League. Depends who they get, where they fancy they can go through it. I imagine they would. They'll be all right.
1: Who have you got? You've got Lewis Morgan and, what, Mikey Johnson has been playing kind of an up role. Is he an out-and-out striker? I know he's been playing kind of more out to the side. So, who do you turn to in that situation? L-
0: Lewis Morgan, the most falsest of nines. You
2: can look in the market and see who you can sign, but the problem you've got with when you have a, a striker as good as... Uh, as Edward at Celtic is people don't want to come in and be second choice and if they do you've got to find someone who's young and ambitious and maybe isn't quite ready yet to start so you've got the same problem as you've got with players like Johnson and Morgan but that's just how they're that's what they have to do with it. that's what a scout's job is that's what Lennon's got to do is identify someone like that they're going to be fine regardless yeah.
1: but I you mean, would, you would argue that this is if you were a potential striker that could have a move to Celtic this is maybe a good time for you because you're saying oh well they won't want to be sitting on the bench they won't want to be classed second, second um, in I mean, line I
2: mean Chuck but, three million at, at, at Aberdeen get Cosgrove like I don't wonder it, if they it, but but point
1: is more that if you've got Griffiths who you look at and go well, he's not going to game every week and Edward might be out either in the winter or the end of the season this is my chance you go this is my chance to go in there and prove that I could be the next big striker well do club.
0: do Hibs have a chance this weekend they got back to winning ways a 3-0 win against Aberdeen and Martin Boyle back as well bagging a brace he had a long injury last season and he looks like he could be a real game changer for them now yeah I like Boyle a lot I think he's a great player Uh
2: Hibs, will as everyone does against Celtic, Hibs, they can't take they can take them on for a certain amount of time, but really you have to drop back and and try and hit them on the counters. What everyone does, like Rangers came out in the cup final and battered them by going at it from the start, but they didn't win. And the Celtic approached that really calm. as I mean, there's different ways you can approach, especially cup finals. But Celtic will want will will be straight back at it, especially after losing on Thursday night, off the back of winning that cup final with a poor performance, they'll want to. Come into this one and show really what they can do. Hibbs will be ready set up for that. And if Scott Allen particularly can get in positions where he can fire those balls through into Martin Boyle, then it'd be okay. But the weird thing with that is that like, Boyle's playing on the right of a diamond in midfield. So they've got Kimberry and, and dodge up front. And I don't know if they can afford to play two strikers against Celtic. They certainly can't play in the same way. They'd lose width instantly by doing that because the fullbacks won't be able to get high because they'll get done by Celtic's wide forwards. So that changes the way you set up tactically. And I wonder whether Ross would go to a four-five-one something I, in a I, lower I mid-block.
0: I agree. I think you've got to you've got to start with Canberry up front because he's done well against Celtic before, and he'll raise his game for this. And he can run last, more than dodge, Yeah, of course, Dodge He's not the type of player that's going to rise up to this sort of occasion just because he doesn't have the pace. I don't think he would keep up with the game. Um, But Canberra... Could do the business if he's up for it.
1: I do think Jack Ross will set up the boys, the the Hibs boys. Well, they'll they'll go to Celtic. with a good a good plan. They'll approach it, and I think it could start off as you're saying quite tight. I don't think it'll end quite as tight. But the the game against uh, Cluj, Celtic dropped so many players for it. They didn't even travel. So so many first team boys, like Brown, like McGregor, like Forrest, like Forster. They'll go straight into that after a week off, or well, not a week off. You know, what I mean, a week without a midweek game. Yeah, good point. Um, and it will be like nothing has happened for them. So, the Cluj game, you take it out of consideration completely. There's not going to be some European hangover there. There's not going to be exhaustion. So, they will come off the back of the cup final buoyant. And there's no sort of um, exhaustion there whatsoever. Mm. So, I can't see Hibs getting anything from this game.
0: Quick note for you listeners um, something to look forward to in 2020. If for some reason you've woken up this morning and you're feeling a bit down, look, we're coming to Glasgow. <laughs> And Aberdeen And Aberdeen, yeah The Totally Scottish Football Show is hitting the road And we've got some live dates coming up So keep your eyes out for that And just imagine being able to see us do this live It'll be good fun Yeah, it will be good fun It'll be nice and organised It will be organised A real
2: 442 of of a show
0: Time now for the latest odds with man Lee Price at Paddy Power. Lee, as we've discussed, Rangers were superior last Sunday, but they still lost. What are the odds on a quadruple
3: treble for Celtic? Well, Gordon Strachan told me that this is the best Rangers team he'd seen for over a decade, and yet the odds are disappointingly short of a fourth treble for Celtic. Just 2-1, to one, in fact. They're 7-5 to, to win the Scottish FA Cup, so better than evens. But they are odds on one to three to win the Scottish Premiership, despite those two performances from Rangers last week, making it look like, to me, a neutral, of course, much closer than the odds, say.
0: Hearts have finally appointed a new manager. What do you think? Can Daniel Stendhal take them to a top six finish?
3: Well, I know they've got a game in hand. They are ten points off the top six at the minute, but we've seen how quickly Hibbs rose up the table and clearly we're not ruling out the Hearts doing the same, it's just 6-4 to four that Daniel Stendhal takes his new team to a top 6 finish. If Barnsley don't throw a span in the works of course, I wouldn't rule that one out.
0: And finally 5 points separate the top 4 in League 1, where's the title going there?
3: Yeah incredibly tight, but we do have an odds on favourite to win the league and it's not the team that currently sits atop the standings, no it's Falkirk, who are 4-6 to, to win the Scottish League 1 this season. Then it's leaders, Rafe, with a two-point cushion at the top of the table, who are 10-3. Then it's Airdrie, currently 2nd at eleven to 11-2. East Five for fourth in the betting and in the table, some consistency at last, they're 16-1. Montrose are fifth in the table, but a long way back in our betting, they're 50-1. Actually fifth in our betting is Dumbarton and Clyde, who are both 40-1. to Yes,
0: it's tight at the top in League One. Wraith Rovers returned to the summit last Saturday, beating Airdrionians and leapfrogging them in the process. Falkirk, the pre-season favourites, are in third. They drew 0-0 away at East Fife, who are just five points off top spot. So we're joined now by friend of the pod, Fife's winger, Danny Denham. Danny, it was a big weekend for the division. What did you make of what you saw of Falkirk? Under new management, of course. Well, I
4: got a good view from the bench for 90 minutes, um, (laughs) I got to analyse them quite Brilliant. well. Um, the full cut, you know, they're a, they're, a, they're a good side. Everybody knows that. I, over, I overleveled a full time and some really good players. I wasn't overly impressed, impressed with them. But um, some of their players are really good, and I'm sure they'll, they'll 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 come good at some stage.
0: You know, the week the week before it, it didn't go as well either. A four 0 defeat at Airdrie. The fit a real purple patch this season. But what's impressed you about
4: them? I just think there was some they were some really good players. Um, Really, really quick, strong up top and they caused us all sorts of ball in that, in that department and, um, yeah, they've, they've, they've uh, proved quite a few people wrong. I mean, Murray's proved quite a few people wrong because I, I know when we played them earlier on in the season there was a few call-off his head and now they seem like they've kicked on so I, we'll, we'll need to hopefully bring them down a peg or two next time we play them. Who's
0: who's one of the danger men that you're looking out for? Is there anything that you're pre-planning ahead of this game?
4: Uh, in this this game at the weekend... Yes. Um, um probably Andy Sterling I don't know if you've heard Andy Sterling yeah. but he's a wee winger that's played um, he's played about the lower league if you don't get ticked heavy he can cause you, cause you a lot of bother there's another young boy that I haven't seen much but people are raving about is a boy called James Hilton I think he's, 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 he came through the youth academy at Stranraer. there's not many that have done that there's a lot of hype about him in, Well, in relative terms at our level so uh, we'll have to keep an eye on him um, Stranraer again it's not the ideal place to go. Um, so you've got to be up for your. You've got to be up for your work because it's uh, usually windy, and cold. So it's, it's,
0: it's <laughs> tough to deal with an expectation that it should be three points for you guys because Stranraer only won twice all season. How how do you contend with that?
4: It's difficult because see our level, especially with a part-time teams, there's not what separates them game to game. It's just that extra bit of luck or maybe that extra bit of desire, really. Um, and I don't. I, I think their their lead position is probably a bit false, and we are aware that we haven't been on the hottest of form lately. So we'll, we'll see what the gaffer is at training tonight and how we're setting up. But we certainly won't be underestimating them. We we drew with them earlier on. They've seen that power, bit, and they could have went on to win the game. So so we just need to be up for our work, I suppose, on the on the on the Saturday.
0: How are things for you this season? You know, obviously you know not exactly starting every game but obviously off-field activities as well your journalism your podcast how's that all going
4: so uh, on pitch uh, ironically i left our growth to get more game time and i probably had just as much game time at age five so (laughs) it doesn't always work out the way you wish but um and uh, i'm fairly content i know uh, i'm realistic in terms i'm 29 now and probably not maybe what i once was but it's you, know, you obviously want to be playing, and I, ho- I hopefully, I can get back in the team. I had been playing recently, and then as you say, that phone-null hump in from uh, Airdrie. I got the the old uh, shepherd's crook at half-time uh, <laughs> to come off, so, so I'll probably have to wait on the sidelines and, uh, a wee bit longer. But I'm more than happy with that. In terms of the sort of off-field stuff, I'm, I'm kind of a wee backseat with the podcast, but oh, we're hoping to come back in the new year with that and, and the writing as well. Um, hopefully, write a few more pieces. It's just you know balancing your, your football with your day job and that's just finding the time, finding the time to do it just now, mm. uh, and that, that that's the main the main difficulty really and maybe when things are going better and I'm back in the team I'm scoring goals there might be a few more podcasts and a few more blogs I'm probably hiding <laughs> probably hiding behind hiding behind the uh, I don't know my keyboard right now. <laughs> oh well, Danny, always a
0: pleasure to speak to you, man. Um, best of luck at training tonight and hopefully you get a start this weekend. No, I doubt it Doubt it very much Back to the Premiership And a big game At the bottom of the table On Saturday At St Mirren Host Livingston We asked last week Whether the buddies Were ever going to win Away from home And they kicked us Right in the ghoulies With a 1-0 victory At Hamilton Fourth victory of the season For St Mirren They've won twice As many games as Hearts And it's mid-December
2: well, what are we going to say about Simmering this week? That they are still not great. difficult to beat,
0: <laughs> difficult to score against, but they still concede. But they can't score goals. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough for them, but they're they're probably doing as best as they can. I've always thought that they're never really out of games. They play okay, oh, no, for sure. Yeah, they play okay, and they seem like they've always been set up well enough under Jim Goodwin. We've got to take into account. This is the first time he's managed a full-time club as well. You know, at Alois it was a part-time job that he had there. So it's taken him time to get used to this whole new setup. There's still time for St Mirren. They're not out of the woods.
2: And this wasn't their first choice, like, defence as well, because they had Paul McGinn in centre-back uh, replacing uh, McKenzie. So, like, they've got... Because, obviously, he went off early in that, uh, the game against Motherwell. Mm-hmm. But having players like McGinn may not be the best. I mean, he's not... even he plays at right-back when he does play. But having that kind of player in the team must make a difference. It's a four 4 two shooter they are playing. I really like um the boy Dermis that plays in the left yeah. it's up front. I think he's quite decent. maybe he doesn't finish chances often. Like it was a really good save by Southwood in this one where Dermish like punts a volley and he turns it over like I think onto the bar. I think that was the one from Dermis. Nice tidy player, does some nice stuff. But as ever with St. Mirren, Livingston's exactly the sort of not exactly the same, I should I should say, as challenge as Hamilton. Like Livingston press a lot higher. And they're a lot more physical, and as well. a lot more physical, yeah. But you can't see there's been a huge goal there can you?
1: I was speaking to a couple of Sunderland fans last weekend, and what I find is quite sad is that they're just sort of accepting that they're not doing well. There's no kind of fire or anger there. They're just a bit like, oh, yeah, we're, we're rubbish. Yeah, we lost again,
0: and which must be hard which... though. At the same time, because it's a huge step up from the. Scottish championship to yeah. premiership isn't it And it's it's
1: almost like when do you when do you not accept that when do you actually get a bit angry about it and go no guys we need to shake this up a bit
0: But then yeah, at the same girls. time you know it's still I know we're in December but good win he's still early doors in this job he's got a big job in his hands I think it was a crazy turnaround of players as well in the summer
2: yeah exactly that's a big thing and they only just survived last season Like they're, they're lucky Dundee were so useless
0: mm, yeah exactly It's
2: basically why they managed to stay in yeah there the must just division. be a patience
1: from them they're, they just must be looking at the table going right we're not bottom we're not in a danger
0: zone Let's and it's good because you to
1: see how we're getting on over uh, the course of the season be and also patient. I think
0: it's, it's, un, it's, it's sometimes unfair I think fans are quite right to vent their frustration at times but when you when you kind of know where you are as a club, it's good to support your team as well. Just just stick behind them um, and it might come good in the end. But you're right, Livingston, Stephen Lawless could probably be quite good in this game. Six goals and three assists in 17 Premiership games this season. He's had a good campaign so far. Um, so let's move on to Aberdeen against Hamilton. Also on Saturday, six games unbeaten for the Dons and then suddenly they were taken apart at Easter Road last weekend. JJ, the big Don man that you are. <laughs> Talk to me. Uh, Hibbs were
2: just really good in the second half. Aberdeen were not. I think we've really seen a drop in form this season from Scott McKenna and it was really obvious. You've picked him out a few times already this season. I really rate him so highly but he's been he's been at fault for several goals I mean there's one so so like Scott Allen's pass right to set up Boyle for, yeah. for the first goal is
0: beautiful gorgeous yeah But
2: like the way he cuts inside is it better than the,
0: <laughs> the pass that he had against
2: well, maybe it takes out two Rangers. lines of, of players like it takes out two lines and it goes straight through and you could argue that Constein comes out of position to try and close it down and the shape's kind of again largely formed of the fact that they're missing all these midfield players and I really think another thing that I'm going to be missing this season in certain games, is a leader on that pitch. Constein is a leader of sorts, but he's not the same as Graeme Shinney was, someone that leads by example in mean, the way he plays that brings you an energy mm-hmm. on the pitch. I think Bryson's meant to be that, and he's always injured. And that's something that Aberdeen probably lacks when it organises things and tells people where to go rather than just doing it and reacting. There's a lot of arms up in the air going, oh, come on this time. But uh, Boyle was superb. Hibbs deserved a win. Before that game, I think McKenna's came up with a stat saying that Aberdeen were four points better off the season than they were at the same time last season, right? So it's actually been (laughs) a pretty good season and it will get better when Ojo comes back. I'm led to believe that Cormac, Dave Cormac, the new boy in charge, says that they, I don't know if there's budget, how much budget, but they are looking at signings in January.
0: So what about that £5 million that he was injecting straight into the club? Well, that's for
2: ongoing, I don't know if that's going to be going to the player budget, but I think there might be room they, they they could do with someone to to play it right back because Shea Logan keeps making mistakes. He's been such a good player for so long, but he makes the occasional mistakes. Like the, the biggest, most obvious one was the one in the, the Cup where he didn't close down a boy in the last minute and Hearts came back in the game. But there's little things he does that just aren't quite there. They really miss people in midfield. And you'd think if there's someone available on the market that they could get from whatever of the weird regional <laughs> Eastern European leagues they are able to scout. Or maybe now with the Atlanta link, someone from like Brazil...
0: 'Cause they've got Atlanta Scouts now and they they have got a big South American connection. Well yeah, we we heard from um Luis Miguel and I from um Sports Illustrated. Yeah. That's what Atlanta did. Purge the, the South American leagues well, that's and, and it, found Like some interest in talent. But they
2: scout those leagues in the same way that Aberdeen scout European leagues and they scout places like Finland and uh and lower regional leagues like that. But then they've got they should, in theory, have access to this new um Huge market. I mean, I don't know how many Brazilian uh, wonder kids fancy the move to Potodre. Well, you might, you might have, you might have work permit it's, issues
0: there as yeah. well. Well, you know, Alfredo Morella started his career really in Finland. So, um, well, exactly, and uh, that's the kind of player that I think Aberdeen were looking at yeah. once upon a time. But so, like
2: we look at like Hamilton right, coming on. I mean, they're not a bad. I mean, they've dropped to eleventh now. Like we we're saying at the start of the pod, they are exactly as crisis, good as <laughs> crisis at Hamilton. Uh, yeah, last game Aberdeen beat them 1-0 but I don't think Hamilton are that bad a team and it was a, the struggles in Aberdeen are in midfield so you can block them and stop them from counter-attacking uh, you, you get a lot of joy another thing that McInnes is doing is playing like a 3-5-2 now and putting, he's playing John Gallagher next to Sammy Cosgrove
0: mm-hmm.
2: Gallagher's alright but then you've got uh, Curtis Main your old pal
0: Laura
1: how have you found Curtis Main so far?
0: Yeah, not I've not (laughs) seen much of him to be fair.
1: Tumbleweed there.
0: (laughs) I've not not seen much of him. I bet
2: he's a lovely guy. Um, There's some nice stats with um, Hamilton players. I mean, it makes sense of the way they play. But the boy Gogic and uh, and Stubbs, Alan Stubbs' son, Mm -hmm. have the uh, the most interceptions of any any player in the Premiership this season. Interesting. I mean, the numbers are mental. So Gogic has got 147. Stubbs is 135, and the next player close to that is. Uh handling it, Hibbs with 112. Basically any team who's quite good doesn't have that many interceptions (laughs) yet. The thing is, you know,
0: Hamilton are bottom of the form table as well. Three points in their last eight games. It's it's not going very well. Could you say that Brian Rice has overcooked it and is creating a stodgy team? No. (laughs) I'm surprised you
2: even kind of took that seriously. But thank you. Uh, Well It's the kind of game that you think uh, Aberdeen's gotta win this, otherwise the fans are all gonna moan. Well, I've mean, I never probably heard they will. an
1: Aberdeen fan moan before
2: Oh, oh god I don't know Tell me about it yeah. <laughs> They won't stop this season Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Are you
1: enjoying it away down there in fourth place?
0: <laughs> don't start that <laughs> Laura you may be back But it's been a quite clean podcast so far You've not fallen out yet um, So on that note We'll end on Ross County Against Colmarnock from Dingwall Kelly without a win In seven games They were rubbish In the last game It's getting a little bit Concerning for Alessio Um, Ross County have had Ten days off as well Uh, They won their last game 2-1 Against Hibs At Dingwall as well So they're doing better At home um, and they needed those points as well because they'd went on a really bad run. They'd played Celtic, they'd played Rangers and got absolutely pumped from both of them. Um, they needed some confidence. Um,
2: well, th- th- what Ross County can definitely do against Killy is hit all their set pieces towards the back post because <laughs> Killy didn't defend a single one properly. It was all high balls, not like not a huge amount of whip or dip on them, just like a, a right-footed from the left so it curls in or your know, left-footed from the right. Carl towards the back post of the corner of the six yard box and uh, just getting a large human there climbing all over the back of Achilles players just totally out muscled it's done by this Livingston team I mean sure enough it's at Livy so maybe they're not playing as well as they could sure. but they were so deep so deep there's so many times you could you could stop the play uh, I watched it on my scout you could stop them and almost all the players were in the box <laughs> it's so defensive I mean that's how you get a nil-nil they ended up with a, they got pumped 3-0 in the back and you think Ross County will take a bit of confidence going into this game after
0: watching that maybe well yeah I mean, but the problem is even with 10 days off yeah okay you might be energised and ready to play again it depends but then, how you use
2: those days off really doesn't it
0: yeah. <laughs> well training lots and lots of training museum visits yeah that'll get you up for a game against Kilmarnock pubs <laughs> <laughs> uh, look Ross Stewart's been um Handed plenty of plaudits this season, a few rumours of English Championship clubs sniffing around him, 11 goals this season and some of them have been really good goals too.
1: I can't say I've seen enough of them to really judge. The only time I've really seen Ross County play this season is when they got a really unusual win over Motherwell at Far Park. It mm-hmm. was against the odds really, Motherwell kind of dominated that game and went ahead and, and then before you know it, you're standing you're going, wait a minute, how, how are Motherwell trailing here? Um, and it did kind of feel like it came out of nowhere. So I mean that's really the only time I've I've seen Ross County play this season, so I'm I'm not really too sure how he's in, but we've got a nice journey up to Dingwall on Boxing Day. So I will tell you all about him after my festivities because um that's where I'm spending my Christmas this year.
0: You're going up to so you're going up the day before?
1: No, we're we're not. So <laughs> the game? team are. The team will be going up on Christmas Day. You're traveling up on the day. Oh, I'll that's be a hard up work on, for I'll, the team, yeah. I'll be going up on Boxing Day. That's that, my
0: entire Boxing Day sorted. That happens a lot though. Teams will travel on Christmas Day. They'll have Christmas morning with family and then they'll travel. Um, and they tend to stay in hotels and stuff like that yeah is that
1: Eesh. that, or they'll train in the morning and get the night time off depending on fixtures and everything but it's just that will be a bit harsh considering Motherwell are one of the most mm-hmm. southern teams in the country going up to Dingwall
0: I, I think Kilmarnock will win this game anyway against Ross County I think you know seven games without a win as much as Alessio might be concerned of the run um, I think that his side has shown enough that they can contend with a side like Ross County I
2: think it'll make a lot of changes I think Alessio will yeah, change of course. So the right back will be out um, sorry, not right back there. Uh, O'Donnell won't be out. The, well, he was at fault for one of the goals. Alex Bruce was screaming at him for one
0: of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the left back, Nico Hamilainen, that's who I meant. That, yeah. That's the guy that you meant. Um, Alex Bruce has done okay. I think they're all right. I think they just need to. It's just
2: not quite a, a unit yet. They can tell they haven't played together enough. It's just not. It, it's really not there. And like the midfield. You don't get a much more defensive midfield than than Power Dicker and Al McCreaney. It's really all about winning the ball rather than anything else. And then they don't have lightning. Liam Miller's quite quick. Mm. It's not the fastest, you know. Brophy's definitely not... I don't think he's as good on his own up front. He needs someone to work with. There's not things that aren't there. And they were, like I said before, they were so deep against Livy. And what you especially have with Ross County is they like to play early balls in the box for... Uh, Ross Stewart because he's tall and he heads I mean all his goals are headers right yeah. M- most of them are headers he's a target man that's why the players look looking at him because he's good at holding it up uh, and that's something that I look to do and that I mean I don't know what the result will be but I'd imagine that will be Ross County's plan is get the ball forward quickly before um, Kelly can drop into their horrible low block hit early balls in the box and get Stewart to punt it with his
0: head Kilmarnock's still the third best defence in Scotland at the moment um, but that's all we've got time for thank you JJ Thank you, Laura, for joining us again. Cheers to Charlie, super producer that he is. um, And thanks to Little Kicks for our cool theme tune. Um, We'll be back next Friday ahead of Friday Night Football, Hibs versus Rangers. Exciting.
4: You've been listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddynewsmedia.com. Keep up to date with everything across our Totally Football network at The Totally Show on Twitter, and make sure you check out our
5: brand new website too, thetotallyfootballshow.com.